You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Katie Bell. Katie, thanks so much for being with me today. Thanks so much for having me. Katie, we're going to talk about your, um, your work in the group show Unstructured Play at Below Grand, which is currently running through February 11th in 2023. Um, so to begin with, I, I want to talk about specific works, of course, but um, you're showing with other artists here, and I'm curious how you relate to that, that title, Unstructured Play, mm-hmm. which I kind of love that title. Um, I want to do more of Unstructured Play myself, but <laughs> what, what, how do you relate to that? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, that was really... I think when the show was first brought to me, what really drew me, um, kind of drew my interest into the show. I, I wasn't familiar with all of the artists in the show. There's three others. Um, and so it was interesting learning about their work, but also, you know, through this lens of unstructured play. Um, and it's it was a title, yeah, that I really related to, but in a way hadn't, um, maybe hadn't put those words to it, you know, in my own studio practice. Um, but yeah, I mean, in a way, I think it just describes my work so particularly, um, especially with a lot of the kind of larger installational work I've been doing recently. I, one of the kind of main things I've been thinking about, um, conceptually and kind of reading about is this idea of like gameplay and game strategy and thinking about almost, um, playing pieces in a board game or, um, kind of how, how you would interact with, yeah, playing pieces. And so this idea of unstructured play, I love this idea of almost a game with no rules or um, as the two curators, um, Paul and Emmeline, kind of say in the, the really kind of cool press release, which is almost more of like a concrete um, poem or something, um, is this idea of like, um, you know, the player makes the rules as they go along. So even if you're starting with something quite unstructured, often, you know, rules come into play because you make them such. And I love, I just love thinking about that idea in the studio because I think that's really, in a way, how I, how I work with um, material is it's almost like there's kind of made up rules I have in my head, maybe as we all do as artists. Um, to kind of allow ourselves to move forward, but um, it's quite unstructured almost until it's not, you know. So yeah, I don't know if that. Um, yeah, that like does. I could talk that does. And I'm about that. <laughs> yeah, we could talk more about that. Yeah, the, I mean, the the press release was interesting too. That that kind of written almost like a poem. I mean, to quote one bit of it, um, which will also be linked to here, is linked to here. Um, one part of it says, through unstructured play, we can uncheck our whimsy, deregulate our joy, break through to witness new possibilities, find balance and connection in the absurdity, chaos, and disorder of it all. Uh, you know, really kind of lovely line. To me, you know, that also describes, as, as you're starting to say, simply the process of making art, right? Process, the, the, yeah. the studio process for, for almost um, everyone isn't, isn't regulated, isn't, isn't, isn't so structured. And if it is structured, there's usually room for, um, you know, invention and happenstance and all kinds of new possibilities within that structure, right? 
Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think um, I always think about that in the studio. It's kind of like what are my what are my studio rules maybe for the year? And then, of course, the next question is like, well, why? You know, if, I, if I'm the kind of maker of my own rules in terms of, let's say, like the materials I'm working with or the content that I'm interested in or, you know, maybe some conceptual things I'm bringing in, like I am the kind of maker of this game. And so, you know, it's really to your own, um, yeah, it's up, it's up to your own kind of devices to figure out, well, what are the rules going to be? Because in a way, it's like in order to create, there, ha- you know, it's kind of you have to kind of set some sort of boundaries for yourself or or something to just even begin. And I think, especially with the two works I have in the in the show, there's this sense of, um, you know, I think what I'm trying to get to in these paintings is is a sense of feeling like it just happened. You know, and I think often I I see art in the world and I think some of the things I respond to the most is maybe not, it just feels like it it happened. Like there was a moment in time that kind of allowed for these things to take place. Like there might not be some sort of logic and, um, you know, because my work is based kind of primarily on abstraction, there isn't maybe like a, a you know, a narrative I'm trying to kind of, um, outwardly portray, but to me it's like the way that things are organized, the way they overlap and maybe intersect and maybe the way the colors start to kind of play off of each other are all kind of based off of this internal logic um, that really comes from this idea of play, which of course is so such a chaotic thing, this idea of play. Mm-hmm. It is, it is, and a wonderful thing. So, so let's talk about the two works in the show. One is uh, Day Shift, and um, this is such a curious piece, and of course is, is, addresses so many things of what we're saying, because there's a, uh, it, it does feel structured, but it also almost feels interactive, like mm-hmm. I wasn't in a gallery space and was in your studio, I might ask, can I lift off one of those pieces? You know, it... it mm-hmm. um, I mean, maybe I wouldn't ask that, but it, but it almost feels <laughs> that way. You know, there's there's some yeah. there's some works of art where you want to touch them as much as you're almost universally not allowed to. This one, right. um, you know, is 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 feels like it's assembled. There's uh, there's what looks like you know a, a, a piece of wood on a peg that could potentially be moved to another peg. So. So let's talk about this a little bit, day shift. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 in, in terms of that kind of interactivity or, or even, like you're saying, games are unstructured. This, this work initially looks to me like it is very structured, right? This isn't, yeah. doesn't feel, feel so, so whimsical like you're, you know, finger painting or something. This feels, um, though it has whimsy in it and play in it, it, it it's a, interesting mix of structure and and potentially a a type of game almost. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's really lovely the way you describe the piece because I think it really um, gets at the process of of when I was making it in the studio. And I love thinking about this idea of a painting or, you know, kind of an assembled sculptural painting having – a task or having a function. And so where I started this piece was, okay, well, what if it has kind of a pulley mechanism in it? Um, What if it's in the process of 
yeah, feeling like if you were to kind of grab on to the kind of black rectangular bar on the bottom and pulled it, something would happen or something would kind of transform. Um, and so I started with the kind of two black bars that are kind of these kind of major graphic element in the piece. Um, and often that's the way I work in my studio is I'm usually making things kind of, um, not that I'm working with canvas, but off the canvas almost as objects to start. Um, and so often I'm kind of playing with really simple geometric shapes. It could be rectangles or bars. or And it's, it's often um, dictated by things I find. I'm working with a lot of um, kind of scraps of materials. Um, so just working with these like scraps of wood um, and thinking about, oh, what if this, you know, okay, what if this is a jump rope? What if this is a pulley? What if this was um, some sort of window blind mechanism? What if this, you know, just kind of brainstorming, like what does it relate to in my daily life? And, and how does this kind of, um, this idea of like two kind of rigid bars with this string in between that's fluid, you know, what does that mean when it's in a painting? Like what is it going to do visually? How is the kind of rope, um, which is what attaches the two pieces, going to drape when it hangs in a certain way? What happens if I tie it? What happens if I hang it over something? Um, thinking a lot about this idea of hooks or hanging on something, or if I need to pull something up, you know, it needs some sort of mechanism at the top for it to attach to. So these are all things that just in the kind of really basic stage of figuring out, like, you know, if I think of, as we were talking about before, like what are the rules of this painting? The rule was, okay, this kind of jump rope-like pulley mechanism I made is going to kind of dictate the forms in the piece. Um, well, and right, from there, the, the, composi kind of, yeah. the, the composition of it almost, right? I mean, I, mean, I, exactly. I, don't you. I want you to go on from there. From there what? Because there's also the element of, which I don't know is calculated or not, but the viewer feeling like, um, I want to pull that pulley mechanism, for example, or, yeah. or, or adjust it, but, but, but maybe just go on from you were saying from there for the pulley mechanism. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, then what's interesting to me, um, just in terms of the way that I'm, you know, in, in talking about the kind of physicality of the way I'm making these, I'm really interested in, um, this idea of something feeling as though it kind of just became. For instance, like you're not seeing a bunch of screws where I drilled in the, you know, the kind of black bar on the right-hand side of the painting or the dowels that are kind of embedded in the paintings. You're not seeing, let's say, like a bunch of glue or, yeah, hardware. And so I like the idea of these like building materials feeling like, paint strokes, feeling like they were drawn with a big marker or a pencil. Um, and so because of that, I'm kind of hiding all of these um, mechanical issues of making this painting through the back. And so it's an interesting way of making a painting because I'm making it not on the wall, but on a table and, you know, flipping it over a lot and clamping things together and almost working with it as, as you would maybe a paper collage or something. And so there's this inherent sense maybe different than, let's say, you know, painting a canvas on an easel or working with it, you know, directly on the wall. There's already this, like, inherent sense of play 
just with like kind of grappling with all of these materials and rearranging and you know getting things set and then realizing things have to all shift two inches or oh I wanted to add this thing and, and taking it apart so it's the idea of kind of like thinking about it like a machine or thinking about it as an object that has a has this kind of unknown function as you're putting it together and taking it apart. Um, and part of that is like drilling through the, um, the wood um, that I'm kind of using as a, as a panel basically to paint on. Um, that's carving the panel itself to be a shape and not maybe just starting with like a, you know, like a two by three rectangle. Um, yeah, so it's, it's really this kind of inherent sense of play and thinking about these objects having a kind of a function or a purpose in terms of how they're built. I like that so much. And, and to, to speak of um, the other one in there called MIDI, which I'm curious about the title, there's also, um, <laughs> this is acrylic wood, aluminum, and plexiglass, and it it's it's a it's a even to me uh, almost more playful than the other one in terms of its shape and its structure. It, it's it's neither a square or a circle or an organic form really. It has all these edges, but um, you know doesn't seem to have like a specific horizon or, or right way up, and and also has these um, this kind of peg structure in there. And the aluminum yeah. ends up looking almost like paper, like this was just so easily manipulated, which, of course, it wasn't. But this feels very different to me. So I'm curious about the, the title, MIDI, and also um, this is a, it feels like a very different approach than the other one. We're looking at different materials here as well, right? Yeah, definitely. No, I would say, I mean, yeah, I guess the um – the title is kind of a, a funny one. It refers to a woman's blouse that's um, that's a, it's kind of like a sailor collar. It was like worn by women on boats. Um, and, and um, you know, I was thinking about the shape of the panel itself. Um, and when I was in the process of making it, it originally was, kind of more horizontal and it almost felt like a collar um, kind of of like a, a kind of a dress shirt style collar and it, I, I kind of went down this rabbit hole of collars and looking at different kinds of collars and I, I came on to this this shirt that's called a midi that's worn by women on a boat and there was something kind of um, interesting to me about that where um, it started to dictate how I saw the piece in, in this kind of, um, yeah, I guess more, um, uh, to say nautical maybe, it's too extreme, but I was working with a, a really watered-down acrylic wash and a sponge when I made this kind of large green gesture across the piece. And there was something about it that did feel somewhat um, like you're on a boat. Um, and, and maybe the colors, the white and the blue and the, um, the yellow, there was something that, yeah, felt a bit nautical, I guess, about the whole piece, which is um, where the title came from. And I kind of liked how absurd it was, where it's something so far removed from what I, you know, what I was kind of doing in the studio, but then it just started to influence how I, how I saw the piece. Um, yeah, so this one is a little bit um, different, quite different in terms of this, the overall structure, um, 
whereas the other piece really had this kind of pulley function. And then this piece, um, I started to think more about the kind of overall um, panel shape as the kind of function. Um, you know, I kind of got to this point where I was thinking about it as like a collar that had like build something on it or bend through a mist and like there are things catching on it. Um, but it became a lot of other things in the studio um, when I started to kind of configure it in different ways. And I think this one, a little bit different than um, the other piece is that it was if one move kind of dictated the next. Um, you know, the green wash went on, and then this, I used a wood router to kind of route this mark across the face of the piece. Then this piece of plexiglass came. Then the, you know, it was like one kind of move at a time. And so maybe the, the relating factor is this idea of play, and in this case, almost thinking about play more of, um, more like game strategy, like maybe you're playing against someone and someone makes a move, and then you respond to that move, or you make a move, and then there's a response. So I, I think, you know, there's this, like, kind of two ways of working for me often when I'm making these kind of smaller scale assemblages is sometimes I'm thinking about function, and then sometimes I'm thinking about, um, yeah, game strategy or, or, like, moves, moves in a game. Yeah, that's so interesting because um, – you know, these these elements that that you're talking about um, and then moves within a game feel you know I had a similar response upon seeing this to the other one you know I, of course I can't move around that aluminum but again these these pegs that seem to be almost underutilized you know and I, and I know mm-hmm. they're not they're all compositional elements but but it almost feels like um, you know one of those games or ways of making art where the part of the composition of this seems to, at least for me, seems to involve the viewer so much as to, as to almost make me imagine, well, what if the you know, aluminum was placed in this way or that way? Because there are these other, other pegs that yeah. seem sort of like potentialities, right? Like it, it could be here or it could be there, um, which mm-hmm. is so interesting because you know, I'm not, I'm not here to collaborate or make the work and the viewer isn't either, <laughs> yet it seems to kind of invite almost uh, a type of collaboration, um, visually, mm-hmm. compositionally. Um, is, is, is that part of how you're thinking or does that make sense? Yeah, no, I think, I, think, I mean, I, I love that read. I think for me, um, the making process is more, yeah, it's like, it, it is, it's, um, because these compositions um, kind of have this like final resting state, there's been so many different iterations in the studio which kind of get covered up in the overall end. It's not as though you maybe see, you know, the sense of something that's moved multiple times, but it has in the making process. And so, yeah, I mean, especially in, um, in MIDI, this piece with all of the kind of the red dowels, but also these red dots that kind of, indicate maybe a spot for a future dowel to exist or or maybe this shadow of something um, where it used to be. But, of course, then it just also turns into this kind of, you know, uh, I guess like polka dot pattern on the whole piece. Um, so it becomes 
not only visual, but it also has this kind of nod to maybe moves that could be or moves that once were. Um, and I like, I like thinking about that um, just for me as the artist in the studio, kind of having these like hints at traces of the making process. And I love what you were saying about the viewer because I guess I don't often <laughs> think about that in the studio, but right, when they get into the world and there's this sense of, oh, does this move? Or like, oh, is this, somehow this seems interactive? Or, um, I mean, I'm really interested in that because I think that's the headspace that I, that I, you know, get a lot of enjoyment out of in the studio just in terms of the making process. It's so interesting and... Um... And, and I, I want to, you know, wish you well in the show, which is still running, and, and listeners can, of course, follow the links, see the work we're talking about, and, and attend the show um, if, they're, if they're listening to this uh, before February 11th in 2023. I, I want to ask you one last question off topic, which is, what are you reading at the moment? Oh, such a good um, question. You know, I'm actually kind of rereading... Um, Anne Truitt's day book right now. Um, I don't know if you've read that lovely um, book by the sculptor Anne Truitt, but it was a kind of a journal um, style piece of writing that, that she wrote that talked about a lot of things, um, her time in the studio, um, her, her life and her family. Um, but it's this lovely journal of an amazing artist. Um, and I've, I've read it actually a couple times um, and I'm, I'm getting ready for a, a panel discussion that, that is going to address her work. And um, I, it's a book that if, if the, any, any listener hasn't read it or checked it out, it's, it's definitely one that is extremely fruitful and one that you can kind of always go back to for just nuggets of, of wisdom in the studio. Thank you so much. Katie, I want to thank you for talking with me today and, and wish you well with um, with your work in this show and, and others. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. <laughs>